Why does this thing exist? Podcast. Why does this thing exist? Podcast. Hello, friends. Good morning, and welcome to the podcast, which is called "Why Does This Thing Exist?" Yes, podcast. <laughs> Thank you for clapping twice. This is podcast where we present each other with things, and then we have a little chat about them, don't we, Dean? Mm-hmm. Uh, me and Dean here. We yeah. are. I don't mind saying this for the both of us, Dean. We are ignorant pigs. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? That's that's what I'm, that's what we're going for here. I, I like to find things that I'm ignorant about and go, what, what? Twice for clarification. But but we want to be prize pigs, don't we, Dean? <laughs> yes, I want to be best in show, Simon. When it comes to pigging. I want to be the best pig. And what's the first thing you're going to show me today, today, then, Dean, on our show? Here? Well, I'll uh, just uh, bring it uh, to your attention. I'm just uh, send it to you now. Thank you. Have you sent it, Dean? Yeah, it's coming, son. It's coming. There we go. That's that. <laughs> you wouldn't think we were in the same room, would you? <laughs> seamless, seamless use of modern technology. Okay, Simon, I'm going to hand you something. I'd like to tell, like you to tell me uh, what it is you see and what you think it is. Okie dokes. So it's a book. Not, it's not, not, not much is clear, yes. A equals AM squared, I imagine. The mm-hmm. 14th Paradigm Shift by David Lucas. It's quite a volume here, Dean. It mm-hmm. is... Uh, it doesn't have an index... But it does have a picture of the author, including the picture of the author, 403 pages. And I'm guessing of absolute bullshit. Um, I don't know. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, let me have a quick read of the back. Professor Rachel Buddywell, chair of the Worldwide Commission, finds her own life story enmeshed in her revealing humanity's 14th paradigm shift. There is no inexplicable, just the unexplained. Science encompasses... I don't know why I can't read all this. <laughs> the traditional realms of theology and philosophy. <sighs> her life has fashioned her for the unique task she confronts as commission chair. The influences that made her a commonplace yet have produced a woman who is not. As cognitive scientists aided by presenters in anthropology and neuroscience, I can see why you haven't read this thing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, when you struggle to get through the blurb at the back, it doesn't <laughs> bode well for the contents. Let's see. I'm going to skip a bit. Her unconventional love and bolts her life's linchpins. Hang on, I'm going to go backwards. Her unconventional <laughs> love. Delegates and the commissioners find the implications of state science as things are through technology. Is this an erotic story, Dean? 403 pages is <laughs> a lot for an erotic story. Again, I'm not going to king shame, but it depends what you're into. Um, well, okay. I'll give you some background here. Um, as I said in the previous episode, I got yelled at. Uh, I write books for a living and uh, have been doing you know, writing stuff in the media for a while now, which means I, I occasionally get sent a book uh, by someone who wants me to endorse their book Dean likes that book therefore this is a good book and therefore I'll buy it that's the general gist you know, give it an endorsement from someone who has some cultural cachet uh, so I got sent this 
I mean, for the record, I do not know David Lucas. I have no issue with the man. If he is a real person and not a pseudonym, I mean, he's got a picture on the back, but that could be anyone. Um, yeah, it looks like me <laughs> when I'm a bit older. But uh, So, yeah, I don't know the guy. He, he might be perfectly nice. He might have completely benign intentions. Like, I, I'll, I'll assume he's a good lad. But he sent me this, and they say you shouldn't judge a book by its cover. In this case, you can't. I have literally no idea what this book is about. I read the back like several times, thinking I, I can't. I mean, fathom what is, is this a textbook? Is it a? It's <laughs> is it a sort of scientific novel? Is it a? Is it a manifesto? What, what is it? I've done a, a quick flip through it there, and the fonts and the layouts is very textbooky. Yes, but with dialogue and with uh, lots of plot relevant terms. Is there any pictures in it, Dean? For uh, more idiotic listeners. <laughs> we are struggling to read a book. <laughs> we call other people idiotic. Yeah, let's go with that. Uh, nope, no pictures, no no diagrams, no texts. Chapter they called Celebrity Debate. Um, it's called The 14th Paradigm. E equals AM squared, The 14th Paradigm Shift. I mean, do you have to know what the previous 13 are? I know it's a classic joke, but in this case, I am genuinely wondering if this is the latest in a volume. What do you think A means in that, in that equation? Absolutely no idea. I mean... Anus. <laughs> the square of the mass of Uranus. <laughs> it's the energy. Yeah. I think the key to understanding this text Dean, is is that sentence which is glossed over about uh, what was it? Unfashionable love? No, it was unconventional love. Mm. But that can be love of science. It, it strikes me as a far more uh, well thought out version of the things I occasionally get sent via email by people who aren't scientists, but have somehow, by general sort of <laughs> following their own trains of thought, come up with a whole new unified model of how science should work. Love that. I've had about four of those in the past year. Uh, one from a guy who worked in a shoe shop in Australia, because he opened with that. He said, I may be a guy, I may be a guy who <laughs> works in a shoe shop in Australia, but I think I've got this science thing cracked. <laughs> I've sent you a link to my uh, dissertation. Again, well, it was a big, long document. I think, and uh, he said, this is how I think it works. And we in the first two minutes, like, nope, 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 we know that's not true. Okay. And I replied saying, um, thank you for your enthusiasm, but uh, this, uh, I, 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 there are several issues with the first three pages alone, and I know this this can't be how it works. And uh, anyway, I got called, like, uh, various names in response, and said I will be one of the first against the wall when this model uh, takes over, as everyone, everyone agrees with it. Um I also got one which said, like, uh, I have a, a new theory of human evolution. And okay, well, thank you for sending it to me. I didn't ask for it, but uh, then I got, I got uh, the link to it and started off. Now, for this theory of evolution to work, there has mm. to have been a permanent fog. Well, not permanent, but like a long-lasting fog around, the, around Ireland right. for three million years. Okay. <laughs> I want to know about weather. That seems unlikely, but okay. If, so this does have echoes of that in that, Someone has an idea about how everything works and is so passionate about it, they've written it all out. But this this guy has actually gone to the extent of actually putting it into a book. And it, it's got a slick-looking book. You've got to give it that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's published, you know, it, it's printed in a decent quality and the cover's all glossy. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you're, you're scrubbing for something <laughs> yeah, I'm really trying to find something. The book is what? printed on paper. Fucking <laughs> hell. Okay, that, that is about most of the things I get sent. It's published by Ex Libris. I don't know. X-L-I-B-R-I-S. I do not know. Mentions clones here on the back, Dean. That's interesting, isn't it? Maybe. I'm tightening this back into the unconventional love. 
oh, yeah. aspect of the yeah. book. Now, if you had a clone, Dean, yeah. and uh, let's not be too sick about this, it's been fully matured to a man of your age. Right. Would you spend hours and hours and hours just rutting with that clone? <laughs> I'm going to say no, because I've seen myself in a mirror, and that's not what I'm into. Yeah. I'll, I'll say that much. I caught myself with a glimpse of myself in a mirror occasionally as well. It's a frightening sight. <laughs> but I thought, you know, after time... Hmm. I could come to love myself. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's not that I'm physically repulsed by myself, but I'm I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm very used to right. my, my, right. my physical... So take sex out of the equation, do you? Okay. Would you marry... Would you, like... Would you... Would you enjoy your own company as a clone to the point where you could exclude all others? I sincerely doubt it. I mean, that, that, that is almost the extra definition of narcissism, isn't it? That is, you have to love yourself to such a degree that you don't want other people's company, which isn't how... Humans work generally, but then there's all the old nature nurture argument there, isn't it? It's mm. like who raised this clone, Dean? Well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's not. It's not you. It's just someone who looks yeah, a lot like you. Yeah, who's with all your same bits and bobs and all that. Yeah. Well, I've, I've, I've asked, I asked once, like if you, you know, one of those Q and A's I do after my talk, saying if you could run any experiment at all, regardless of research methods or resources or finance or ethics, what would you do? And you know, I, you know, at the time I thought, uh, because I was, I had three minutes left of the talk. I, I'm going to, I'm going to think of that thoroughly. <laughs> but, but since then I've got an like, answer ready to go, which is I would like to like raise, you know, in completely devoid of ethics. So I wouldn't do this because it's bad, but this is the bit where we get into Gene's, <laughs> Dean's racist eugenics <laughs> program. Excellent. Cut this out in advance. <laughs> Just saying that some people are superior. <laughs> Um, but no, it's a, I mean, if you could have like sort of 50, 100, uh, sort of fetuses, uh, and all of, um, you know, different genetics and stuff, but give them the exact same life, like plug them into very, uh, from stage one, plug them into like a matrix type simulation where they have what for them feels like a full real world simulation, but make them experience the exact same life you know, from each individual person. Mm-hmm. And after like 25, 30 years, See how different they are, because logically you can't say is it nature or nurture, because they've all had the same nurture. So they obviously what nature does. So then we could have a bit more of a a refined sort of like a more specific idea of what the genes do and what a big impact they have. But again, couldn't do that. Technologically impossible and morally sickening. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's disappointing. That's what I was hoping to present you with the rest of the show. <laughs> uh, so I guess Dean. Um, in conclusion, E equals AM squared, the 14th paradigm shift by David Lucas. You wouldn't want to have a romantic or platonic relationship with the clone of yourself, which is very, very sad, Dean. <laughs> and you think it's a this book in, in a self-loathing, is that what you're saying? Yes, absolutely. And I, th- and I think the fact that you haven't read this tremendous volume by David Lucas, which I'm pretty sure is a really great book, and I'm, this is not a slagging it off. It's not me slagging off. Don't put on me, you prick. <laughs> it looks quite good. I might read this by next week's episode. I'll report back on this next week. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give it uh, three out of five, Dean. All right, cool. It's, um, no, again, my one concern is that we used to work in the same place, uh, the same institution. You and David Lucas? No, 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 me and you. Oh, fuck. Right. <laughs> You were there. You know this. Um, 
the same nearby educational establishment. And we had some friends in common. I know this, I was at a, I was at a meeting once. Um, I don't know, name any names. No one's going to you know, get back to anyone. Yeah, don't get me sacked. Dude. Not I've already encountered some oh, no. fixed stuff from the first episode. <laughs> this is a previous job which you have already been sacked from. So don't worry. You have been, <laughs> you've been preemptively sacked. That's right. Bring them bridges. Get them down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's no way you're going back. Let me, let me tell you this now. So don't worry about it. Um, we, I was at a sort of one of those departmental meetings and he was there as an external examiner to, uh, help out as they do and afterwards he sort of called me again very similar to why I got this book I said oh Dean I hear you're uh, do, doing books now that's what I, I, it's my first book that's been out so yeah, yeah that's that's what I do now apparently so um, he said do you think you can help me get my book published and I, uh, well I don't know because I, you know, I, 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 I I couldn't remember his name then and I still can't now so <laughs> um, can you well trying to be polite said well what's it about he said, oh, you know, it's about all things. It's about all sorts of things. So it's really hard to summarize it. It's just about, it's a really wide ranging, uh, subject matter. So it's, it's, it's about everything, really. Uh, okay. Um, what's the genre? Is it like sci-fi, non-fiction? Is it recipes? And he goes, <laughs> oh, you know, it's a bit of this. It's a bit of that. It's a bit of, um, it's a bit of everything. It's, it, it, I, I can dabble in everything. It's, it covers, it covers every possible genre. I thought, right. Um, does that have a title? <laughs> he said, no, no, you can't put it down to a name. There's no name that will really do it justice. So, so, so what you want me to do is go to my publishers and say, is this guy right? I don't know who he is. <laughs> He's written a book which he can't describe. <laughs> Doesn't belong in any genre. But can you give him 50 grand? <laughs> and I thought, yeah, I'll see what I can do. I'll be honest, I, I never asked. <laughs> I had nothing to work with there. But he was, he was totally serious though. He was genuinely thinking, yeah, he didn't let me out there because he believed in his project and he had the passion for it, which again, a little bit of respect, but you can't get by and just that. And that's the, this David Lucas has had the passion to get this thing printed and published and more power to him because most people don't get that far. But I don't think he's thought about, look, I've got this great idea for a book and I'm going to make it a reality. You have to think about, to what end? Like this, I, I can't see that game and walk past the shelf and go, oh, I'll read that because it's just baffling. Uh, if, if the, and that's not David Lucas's problem there, Dean. I think um, the fault here lies with Ex Libris. They should have, um, they should have explained why this book is bad to me, a person who's just held it for the first time. <laughs> well, that's my point. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the, um. It doesn't have a price on it either, Dean. Well, no, I didn't pay for it. <laughs> well, somebody might. <laughs> Let me have a look. Maybe they're all free. Are they all free? Anyway, enough about David Lucas. <laughs> What's your star rating? Um, see, I'll give it a three because again, at this point, I know I've only done three so far, but thus far, I think I've kind of has been a three. So, you know, it it takes a lot of work to get a. I, mean, I had a really lucky run at it. I, mean, I had a lot of breaks in my favour. To get to the point where you have this idea for a book and to make it a reality is a massive achievement. But if all you want is the book to exist, fair enough. If you want it to, you know, influence people and be read, you need to consider that aspect too. And I don't think he has as much as perhaps would be warranted. Fair enough. Although he did send it to you for free. Do you know what, Dean? I'm, I'm coming around to this. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to disagree with you, Dean. I think, I think this is a tremendous achievement by David Lucas. I haven't read any of it. But I think it's a great book, and I like the way that he's just 
just put it out there and let the world find it for themselves and send them to people like you. <laughs> Without the price on them, I'm going to change my star rating. I'm going to give it three stars, dude. Okay. <laughs> good, good, good. And now well. on to the next segment. We're back. We're going to move on now to section two, in which I will present Dean with something that he will hopefully enjoy as much as I enjoyed his presentation to me. Yeah, so the bar is low. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm sending you the file, Dean. Have you received the file? Uh, it's coming, I think. Come on. Here it comes. Slight delay in my ending, I'm afraid. <laughs> ah, it's fully going up. <laughs> here it comes, here it comes. That hissing noise suggests it's on its way. <laughs> this is my favourite bit. <laughs> just zoom the sound. And have you got the file now? Yeah, I believe I have the file. So I've done me a phone. Uh, here it is. Uh, describe that for the listener, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's pleased to be. Hey, uh, an advert for a product which you can buy. I'm guessing secondhand because it's listed about an hour ago in Canterbury, England. It is Blue Dog smelling ginger boys ring piece. <laughs> and by ring piece, yes, it does mean anus. It is a ceramic figurine of a small ginger, clearly a child, clearly a child, uh, hunched on all fours in the fetal position, but upright. Pants down, and a blue dog is on his back and is ag- <laughs> seems to be aggressively <laughs> probing his uh, anus, and re- which you can see quite clearly. <laughs> it, it looks has- like a dirty anus as well, doesn't <laughs> it? It? <laughs> it has the discoloration of what looks to be a, <laughs> a poorly wiped anus. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, there's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> so, Dean, right? Why does that exist? <laughs> I well, I hundred percent truthful. I don't know. But the, the whole ceramic figuring industry is one that's always kind of baffled me because it's buying a fixed representation of things either don't exist or normally you think look nice. Yeah. Or at least look camp or tatty or cliche or, or cute. No, it's just things yeah. which are there. Oh, I like looking at that. I'll put it in the corner and put on my mantelpiece. Or as a souvenir. Souvenirs, of course, like uh, I've, Nothing else to get, like fridge magnets and stuff. I don't know what to get. I'll get one of these things. I don't get why that would exist because you can get the, um, you know, I think people say, like, you go to Amsterdam and you get the, some for the blue, red light district, you get some risque, uh, things like, or like in souvenir shops in Spain, you get the penis shaped bottle openers and things like that. Sure. Like, uh, this isn't that. This is far too twee. It's, it's very strange, isn't it? Yeah. Why is the dog blue? I mean, that's, that shouldn't be your only, no, that shouldn't no, be the but, first but, question. But I think that is a valid one in that the child is also kind of, you know, he, he's got very, he's got a Pennywise complexion. He's got the yeah. very white skin and red hair. That's, that's, that is typical. Well, maybe not so much the red hair, but the, the, the white face, the, yeah. the rosy cheeks, that's, that, that's typical of ceramic. Yes. Children in a way. Yeah. And I, I also, I kind of prefer that because for, for a while, when I was like in my, like, from 13 to 16, my mother went through a porcelain doll phase, which yeah. she wanted to fill the house with porcelain dolls, like on every shelf and every flat surface. So you had to sleep on the couch because you were a bit drunk or something. 
terrifying experience because they just stare at you with their dead, dead eyes. And, but again, this isn't even that. It's not like it's, it, that's, that's uncanny valley stuff. It's like you look close to human, but not quite human enough. This is clearly not a human thing. It, it's like Beatrix Potter's gone absolutely mad. Just <laughs> <laughs> like, doing her wilderness years in the, in, in the jungle or something. The other thing that should be noted as well, and then it's on sale for £50. So is that a yeah. price you would pay for this? Well, I wouldn't, but when mm. that suggests to me that there's a market for these things, and this isn't the only one. No, no, this can't be the only one. No. I mean... Because who wakes up more thinking? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm going to have to go buy a kiln. <laughs> yeah, I make ceramics for a living. Mm. You know what no one's done before? Or maybe they did discover that, you no. Know, oh. Dog smelling a boy's anus. Is it blue? It's not blue. Ah, well, there we go. See, that's, that's my niche. <laughs> this, maybe, is this a knockoff of something else? It's, a, it's like sort of like a mainstream dog sniffing boy's anus one, but like, this is like the, the cheap one you get, like like turtle fighters when we were kids yeah, yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Ghost hunters. And that <laughs> yeah, sort of thing. yeah, exactly. You can find this in Poundlands. Yeah. Robert Cop is one I've seen <laughs> yes. before. Yeah. Uh, Canterbury, England. Ever been there? Is this the sort of thing that you could literally get as a souvenir oh, from Canterbury England. All I know about Canterbury is that they have the Archbishop who seems yes. to be in charge of the Church of England. I mean, yeah. this I, I don't want to cast aspersions on the, the Church and their reputation, but... Is that blue dog Satan? That is... Or Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's healing the boy. Maybe he can, that, my child, you have a dirty anus and I must, I must do something about that for you. For I am the font of all goodness in this world. You might be honest with there, Dean. Of course, the other thing that uh, Canterbury has is tails. Uh, this dog's got a tail which rolls round and connects back to its body. Yes, I saw that too. The, the, it's actually a, it's like, it's a closed circle in yes. a ceramic sense. So, again, my first look, it's just some sort of really weird mug. Yes. It's got that sort of vibe about it. Maybe you drink out of the boy's anus. <laughs> oh my God, I need a straw. Because you would need a straw. It is, it is, I have to say, listen, it is to scale. <laughs> that is... Is it to scale? No, in terms of that, that is a child that size. His, I'm guessing, his sphincter would be that size. Christ, Dean. I'm not saying. I'm saying it's not gaping. It's not like Jesus like Christ. This is appalling. Yeah, well, you brought it to the table. Well, I wasn't going to start talking about a child's gaping anus, Dean. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I was you, more interested in the blue dog. <laughs> you said it was like a coffee mug, so I thought I'd better elaborate that that's not what we're looking I at here. I think. If you rewind the tape, everybody, the Dean said it was like a coffee mug and he also said he would love to drink from it. <laughs> I just mentioned that the dog's curly tail just comes round, back round on itself. I was going to say, maybe it's a key ring. Well, it's a really hefty key ring, that, isn't it? Yeah, he wouldn't have that as a key ring, actually. But the concept of a ceramic key ring strikes me as impractical. Yes. <laughs> well, it depends on all this is, I guess. Maybe maybe in the oldie days, that's all they had. It's £50, so it must be quite old. It's an antique, I imagine. £50, that's going right oh, for God. antiques, you isn't it? taking this in the antiques roadshow. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> After taking death. What's serious. that woman? What's her name? Uh, she does question time as well. Oh. We'll slander her, Dean. She's nowhere near as important as Davis Lucas. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying like... I'm not trying to... Liable, 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 liable. I can't liable. remember her name, honestly. Well, anyway, she would be horrified. <laughs> she would be horrified by... By the way, this will be a link on the... Um, uh, yes, the, everybody deserves to see this. Yeah. Can I ask how you found this? Uh, the internet. Well, uh, yes, I'm not sure how I found this, actually. Do you know, it's much like uh, the Titanic uh, or um, Queen Elizabeth II... <laughs> It's not something that you learn about. It's something that you just experience throughout your life. Yeah, like, like Tom and Jeff 
like Tom and Jerry <laughs> to bring back episode one. Yes, yes. Did you find out more about Everessence in the gap between? I, I didn't actually. Yet, didn't no, you? I, I have some friends ring for some music. I might uh, hit them up for further information before the next episode. Okay, well, prioritize this blue smelling dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a blue-smelling dog, Dean. It's a ring-piece-smelling dog of a ginger boy. And the dog is blue. Yes. Your mark out of five, please. I'm going to give it uh, I'm gonna give it a two for creativity, but I'm going to take marks off for everything else about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's original. you got to give it that. Well, if, it from is our perspective, original, it? It, may be, it may be run in the middle by some collector's opinion. I suppose there could be hundreds of these knocking about. Maybe in Canterbury, everybody has one on their shelves. Yeah, maybe it's like the talking point. Yeah. It's like, um, what has everybody in Wales got on their shelves? Uh, Isn't that all painting everyone had of like a... Jesus or something? <laughs> Not sure where you're getting on there. I've met a lot of you all painting the Jesus that everybody in Wales <laughs> has on their shelves. I might think something else entirely, but... Um, I think you might be doing. Yeah, but there was actually the... My mother, my grandmother had like three of them, the, the, both sculpture and image of the, the, the coal miner standing on a pile of coal. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah, the waistcoat, mustache, yeah. helmet on. Uh, yes, if you remember that, my, my grandma, my grandma had these three representations, one on a plate, one, in, one rendered in brass. So this might be, yeah, this might be a common thing. I suppose, yeah. And uh, those are there. And they handed out, everybody had like a, like a ceramic lamp as well. And yes, the like lamp, a, that, that was a very big... Um, like a metallic badge or a fob or uh, something you would call it from the, the lodge, you know, to commemorate the strike and that. Yeah. So this is exactly the same as it happened in Canterbury when they had ginger boy <laughs> ring piece smelling industry who was <laughs> fucked to death by Thatcher. <laughs> and, you know, and they, they had to live in... <laughs> You know, post-industrial Canterbury, the old ginger boy smelling. Anyway, two stars. <laughs> but now I'm thinking, is this a thing that actually happened? <laughs> such... Well, it has to be, doesn't it? It's, yeah. a, it's a commemorative plate. Oh. No, it's not. But it's like, is Canterbury a sort of place where, well, actually, I'll, I'll backtrack there. It's like, if this happened where we came from, we, we would talk about it. Well, yeah, of course we would, yeah, yeah. yeah. His pants fell down and a dog sniffed his arse. <laughs> <laughs> and, we, and we'd be like, what colour was the dog? It was a blue dog. Blue yeah. dog. How could you forget it was blue? <laughs> oh, is it Canterbury? Is it I like blue dogs so so mundane? They have to make this one do something extraordinary to, to, be, to warrant being rendered in ceramic. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this blue dog was like... The, it's probably... I've never seen a blue dog, so it's the only blue dog that ever existed. Mm. And like... As his dying wish, they let it do whatever he wants. <laughs> and he, all he wanted to do was smell a ginger boy's ass. <laughs> and they, like, then he died straight after. And this was like a, this is, this could be like a, a rendering of his gravestone, like in Swansea, where they got Jack the dog, where he saved all those people drowning in the sea. This is the count, this is what the sickles in Canterbury get up to. <laughs> We have slandered a lot of people in the space of two episodes. I don't think so, Dean. <laughs> Fair enough. But, but now I'm thinking, oh my, oh my head now is of this blue dog as a, a littlest hobo type of dog. <laughs> Down the road. <laughs> Keep on calling me. <laughs> the Where I'll always be. Every stop I make, I make a new friend. <laughs> Just sniff an ass, it cannot last, and I'm gone again. <laughs> Dean, can you hear that noise? 
Yeah. Yeah, I can hear the noise, yeah. What is that noise? Uh, that noise means that it's time for our special segment. Of course, everyone knows and loves it. It is... The Element of Surprise. The Element of Surprise. Yes, of course. Uh, the Element of Surprise, Dean. Dean, what is magnesium? Uh, magnesium is a sort of very delicate metal, uh, which, you know, it's quite flexible and, uh, if school has anything to go by, it can cause a rather aggressive reaction if you drop it in water. There's a, or particularly acid. Is that, uh, it's, it's, it's a, one of those unstable metals, which uh, isn't especially inert. And that's how we play the element of surprise. <laughs> The element of surprise. I feel like I was ready for it this time. <laughs> we'll be back after a short break, everybody. Bye. And we're back. And Indeed. it's the time for our favourite segment. It was resounded in success in the first episode. So, yes. And I hope we repeat that today, Dean. It mm. is, of course, random Wikipedia article. It is, yes. So... Uh, without further ado, shall I press the button for random article? Yes, please. Here we go. Three, two, one. Oh, okay. Invader Zim comics. Righto. Not, I'm familiar not, I'm familiar not with this. <laughs> I have heard of this. That's the best I can offer. Well, give us a rundown of the description in Wikipedia then. Invader Zim is an American comic book series created by Ionan Vasquez, and published by Oni Press, it serves as a continuation of the animated television series of the same name, that's what I've heard of it, originally on Nickelodeon. In February 2015, Oni Press announced that a comic book series based on the show, in collaboration with Vasquez and Nickelodeon, was being released as a continuation of the series. Uh, Vasquez said, I'm always confused people say how much they miss Invader Zim, because the show never stopped running in my head. Well, that doesn't really... <laughs> People want to access that, mate. And then I remember... Oh, great. And then I remember everything's in my head. I should stop preempting the guy talking. Uh, pre-issue zero was issued, released on May 23rd, 2015, as a zine, and a foreshadow to the comic book series. The first issue was released on July 8th, 2015, launched in a monthly run that continued until issue 50. On February 11th, 2020, it was announced that the monthly Invader Zim comic would end issue 50, released in March 2020. And a new comic... Series title Invader Zim Quarterly would begin in April 2020, releasing on a quarterly schedule. I have to cut some of this out because this is, this is long-winded and boring. However, due to the comic book, blah, 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 some of the pandemic, anyway, yes. Invader Kim. Invader, Invader Kim. Invader Zim. Invader Kim. Keep yeah. all of that in as well. <laughs> okay, fair enough. No, we'll end it then. Yeah, or maybe we won't. Now, uh, my first impression of this, Dean, is this looks like something that is very popular and we should tread lightly. Yes, it seems like something we should have a fandom, given the fact that it was popular enough to warrant a comic spin-off in the first place. Yes, um, and normally they do that sort of thing, where there is a fandom which is vociferous. Yes, they, they want this. They, yes. they specifically say yeah. that uh, they want this to happen. So that's fair enough. I mean, I've, I've not heard anything bad about Invader Zim. Um, I've heard that it was fun and good uh, by people who like it, but then... <laughs> That's quite a clear bias. <laughs> the people like it say it's good. They would do. That's the whole point of liking things. Um, have you it. ever? You've never seen any episodes, nor me. I've never seen them either. Is it a thing for? Uh, uh, I can sort of see a picture there in the, in the corner of the Wikipedia article from where I'm sat, hmm. and it looks like some kind of 
Berg, maybe? What is it? Okay, let me move. Yeah, you can... Bear with me, listeners, I'm moving. Um... Uh, yeah, no, it looks it looks like something that's more uh, for the for the children. Sort of, um, I don't know if it's for the children. Actually, looks quite scary now when it's been zoomed in. Well, it was on Nickelodeon. So Nickelodeon, it's got to be for the children. It's for the children. Child oriented. It's for the children and oh, absolute sick bastards. <laughs> The better was the Andor. <laughs> I just saw an aim in both markets. <laughs> they do, dude. They're all after the Nickelodeon. The fact is, I can't, I can't dispute that. <laughs> Any sort of reliability. So. Come on, dude. Who, let's libel Nickelodeon to the best of our abilities. <laughs> if anyone has money, it's Nickelodeon. <laughs> <laughs> Heinz Corporation didn't come after me after last episode. No, they haven't that time yet. I'm sure... As someone who's gone through this, it takes a while to serve legal papers. <laughs> There's a lot of words in those. Well, catch me when you can, Heinz. I've moved on and I'm now slandering Nickelodeon. <laughs> Scroll down on the Wikipedia, Dean. Oh, God, I'd love it if that was a rule. <laughs> like, you can't slander me. <laughs> you can't sue me. I'm slandering someone else. <laughs> okay. A lot of issues, yeah. A list of the, uh, the yeah, 50 years. issues, Dean. We were talking about the comic, remember? The comic, of course, yes. This actually happened. I remember this happened with the, the Ninja Turtles comic in the UK. Uh, when, because you know, we were both there at our peak childhood when the, the Ninja Turtles were the big thing. Massive. Massive. I remember every single school ro- report, mm. any piece of work anybody ever did. Mm. I think our first year school teacher actually said, well, let's make the whole women's school years project about turtles. I yeah, she just give in, didn't she? I, I think she did. And you know what? I think that was a wise decision on her part. That was, uh, yeah. Well, let's not teach the children. <laughs> Let's let them talk about things they are yeah. already interested in. They've got nothing to live for. <laughs> I mean, where we were from, that's not necessarily, regardless, social literary commentary. But the, um, because I, I signed up for the Turtles comic at the time and it became, uh, I think it was fortnightly and slowly, obviously, the circulation died off. And then I remember getting an issue once because it was delivered back in the day when that was a thing. And they said, uh, welcome to our first monthly comic. I think it's not your first comic on your about. Oh, it's your first monthly one. Right. And they presented it like, this is a huge improvement. This is going to be so cool. Like, what, why? And, uh, you can tell then, like, the writing was on the wall. They weren't going to last much longer because this yeah. was like 1997, I think, at this point. Jesus Christ, dude. Oh, yeah. Th- yeah. Th- yeah. Way beyond. No, probably much earlier than that. But either way. Christ, you were already pubic dean. Uh, <laughs> yes. What, why were we still getting comics that age? I don't know. So Especially turtle comics, Dean, when they finished out uh, any relevance to us in yes. like 1992, I would say. Yes, 92 was probably the peak turtles era, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They say it was 95 then, maximum, but it was way later. See you writing your sternly worded letters. <laughs> Dear Turtle Enterprises, if that's who you really are. Dear Splinter. Yeah. <laughs> your Where children. is my weekly comic? <laughs> what a disgrace. My mother... <laughs> Well, I got really, I'm furious. Really, I'm being really confused with the turtle comics and stuff and, and the cartoon because um, my favorite character was Michelangelo and they never showed him wielding his nunchucks, which is the same as a weapon because at the time they were banned in the UK, I think. Yeah, yeah. There's something where um, it's the same reason they were called hero turtles. Yes, isn't right. it? Ninjas yeah. Were yeah, ninjas was banned. Bad influence because yeah. like, they ripped people's throats out, apparently. I mean, that was a thing. We it's, yeah, it was like a hangback from the video nasty. Yes, yeah. pretty much. But I... As a kid, I didn't understand that. I just all I saw was that they keep showing Michelangelo without any nunchucks. And yeah. actually, I actually think I wrote a letter once saying, "Just so you know, Michelangelo uses nunchucks." <laughs> so I thought they didn't know. I thought they hadn't realised. <laughs> and I sent him a picture I drew of him jumping out of the sewer with massive nunchucks. <laughs> it's extremely clear that 
this character has nunchucks. <laughs> <laughs> it was very helpful. Like, well, I, yeah, I, yeah. I've always been a helpful, considerate child. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Possibly yeah. aggressively so. But still, like, <laughs> I think I was, I, was doing, I was doing my bits to spread awareness of Michelangelo and his chosen weapon. Uh, would you say Michelangelo was your favourite turtle, dude? At the time he was. Because um, you turned into Donatello, didn't you? Uh, by that, I mean you, well, I, you have to I, carry I, a stick I, with I, him I everywhere you go. Up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my Harold Bishop limbs are <laughs> failing me. But I am, um, again, I was, personality-wise, I was far more of a Donatello. But in terms of, like, have you seen any of the Michael Bay Turtle films? Uh, I think so, yes. I've seen the first one. and I think I've seen the second one, actually. So I, by I between us, we've covered the two. Yeah, I feel that's better, apparently. But um, they're all dreadfully annoying. But in that one, like, it's like the turtles or the films, uh, both. Uh, right, but it, right. In that one, like, it's Michael Bay just taking anything to yeah. fifteen. But in the, in that one, Michelangelo is actually kind of great in because he's, but also kind of a, uh, I don't know. Is he like a party dude? Like yeah, yeah, quarter to four in the afternoon sort of thing. Yeah, but it, it, these are the days when like, frat boys are not the fun-loving individuals he wants. Stop him! Cancelled. He probably would be. He'd be the first of all of them. Although. Leonardo is voiced by Johnny Knoxville, the famous teenager who's like 47 now. Yeah. So, so he's, he's good though, Knoxville. Yeah, he's fine, but like. Definitely don't want to be sued by him. <laughs> Hines! Whoever else I was disparaging earlier, that's fine. But Johnny Knoxville. Yeah. I he, think he, he's he, got clout. He will ride like a rocket powered wheelbarrow through your front window, <laughs> smash it and hand you a notice. I, my wife would not like that. <laughs> yes, exactly. I would not like to be served directly <laughs> via wheelbarrow, dude. It's one of my greatest fears. What other cartoon characters are going to be cancelled in? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, well, Pepe Le Pew is the obvious one. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, he's, he's number one, isn't he? Yeah. Cancelled. Yeah. He's in there with um, uh, Harvey Weinstein. That's his name, isn't it? Yes, that's the guy. Yeah. Been, oh, no. Is it Weinstein? Yeah. I'm, oh, I'm mixing it with Epstein. Well, no, Harvey uh, Weinstein is the Harvey Weinstein is notorious uh, serial sex offender. You're good. I don't, want to, I don't want to upset him. <laughs> Not, you think we're the first ones to take him to task <laughs> these days? <laughs> yeah. I think, like, after last week, I think Tom and Jerry probably would be struggling now because obviously there's a lot of. Um, a lot of racism there. A lot of racism in those old comics. Yeah. Because my son used to watch it and when he found old clips on YouTube on re- repeats and stuff, but um, they've edited a lot of the racism out, hmm. but it's good. Yeah. That means the episodes make no sense because right, things seem right. like, cut from one scene the next, like, I'm sure something must have happened between this point and that point. And, yeah. um, yeah, so I'm glad they recognised it, but when the racism is so integral, integral. Not, <laughs> it's kind of hard to edit it out and maintain any sense of consistency. Yeah. Yeah. So Maybe they, in, the, in yeah. things like that, where like there's they've got two racist cartoons, they should mash them together, like uh, Rashman or um, Pulp Fiction or something like that. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, so like we're like I don't know. Um, Speedy Gonzalez is a bad example because he's the main character. Yeah. <laughs> that wouldn't make any sense at all. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Tom and Jerry and I'd say is Scooby-Doo racist against pot smokers? <laughs> <laughs> the, the noble race of pot smokers. But yeah. It's very, you know, it's very cliche, you don't say, a typical portrayal yeah. of uh, people who enjoy such substances, yes. So. But then at the same time, why would Tom and Jerry ever encounter a ghost? I don't know, Dean. Let's, let's concentrate on the task at hand. <laughs> yeah. So, in we, we don't have the intellectual capacity to weld together Scooby-Doo 
and Tom and Jerry in order to not be racist and also appear like Pulp Fiction. That's beyond us. Concentrate on the task at hand. And also, to tie all that in some acknowledged Invader Zim comics as, as a valid thing. Right, Invader Zim comics. Please, Dean, scroll down again. Okay. Right, it's just a list of comics. Do I recognise any of these names? Yeah, I uh, C, that's a bit like Mel C. <laughs> She's there. If you want to be my reader, yeah. Any, because uh, we are like we're nerds and we do we've read comics and that. Think so yes, probably so. I think. What does comic book resources say about Invader Zim? Invader Zim number one is a welcome return and accessible jumping on point. Well, there we are. There we go. We'll jump on there then. Um. Mark's out of five. Dean. I would say five. Yeah, I have to say five. Yeah, really. If something is good enough to warrant. Oh, to generate enough fans to warrant a comic book spin-off. It must be good. It's got to be. It's yeah. got to be. Um, yep. It's come out in five deluxe hardcovers. Well, there we go, then. I mean, they uh, wouldn't do that for nothing, would they? They wouldn't. It's like a Porsche. Yeah, but also, no one would, nobody would print a whole book of something which is worthless and meaningless, would they? Absolutely not. <laughs> but our eyes both went the same direction, then. And I yeah. guess I suppose that's the end of it for this week, Dean. I'm afraid so. Dean, I think we've let ourselves down with the Invader Zim stuff there. I, well, the whole point of this is we don't know what we're talking about. No. So we don't here. And it may be great. It may be the best thing ever. I've no, no reason to doubt that or confirm it. I think we're pinning pigs and we're going to have to oink-oink, Dean. Oink-oink. Oink-oink, Dean. Three oinks out of five. Three oinks out of five. Uh, uh, have a nice weekend, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.